We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. It's time for another episode of The Breakdown here on Kansas City Sports Network. I'm Matt Hamilton. That's Matt Castle. And we got a good one for you today. The Chiefs coming off their bye week. A lot of stuff has happened over the past seven days. Matt, we got a trade. We talked about the possibility of it last week. We got one. The Chiefs making a deal with the Giants for Kadarius Toney. It was an aggressive move. I mean, as, as, as we discussed last week, it seems like the receiving court was starting to come into its own. These guys like Juju right. and MVS and, and Hardman were really stepping up. They had a huge day against the Niners, yet the Chiefs still felt the need to add Kadarius Toney. Uh, a guy who I studied a lot coming out of the draft. I did some breakdowns with Nate Burleson on him on Good Morning Football. He's one of those these running back receiver hybrid type of guys. Florida used him all over the place. He's really versatile, really explosive, really shifty. What do you think that dynamic adds to the Chiefs offense? Why do you think they, they got so aggressive and wanted to make a move like this? Well, you, you just nailed it. I mean, his versatility, right? And when you look at this Chiefs offense and what they ask some of these wide receivers to do with the speed sweeps, right? The jet sweeps, the shovel passes, and also the explosive nature in which he's just another weapon. He's big, he's physical, he's good with the ball in his hands. So if he's a guy that can get caught up to speed within the system, then it might not be right away. It might be a small sample size early on, but as he develops, as he grows and builds chemistry with Patrick Mahomes, he's just another weapon for this team to utilize down the stretch and and also you have to take into account it's a really long season right and sometimes you get injuries at that that position but they'll have enough guys now in terms of depth in order to go out and and be able to fulfill that role if need be so hopefully tony is a, a good addition to this team but you said you studied him what'd you think of him coming out and everything like that I thought he was a phenomenal player. I was really high on him coming out. The big, the biggest knock on him was some off the field stuff that was that was a little bit concerning. We've seen mm-hmm. the Chiefs take chances on guys like this before, and it's it's mostly worked in their favor. Uh, and Tony's a guy that really does have special. He was a first round pick for a reason, uh, right. and hopefully they can they can get that out of him. Injuries have been the big story of his career so far in New York. He had a hard time staying on the field. 
Um, but when he's been out there, he's been really impactful. So I think this is going to be interesting. It'll be very interesting just to see how, how he develops a role in this offense and if he does develop a role. Because as you said, the chemistry, especially when you watch that game last week against the 49ers, is starting to truly develop. And there's a cohesiveness amongst that group right now. Yeah, and it, uh, it does seem you're right. Like Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, they love just having a stable of weapons, as many guys as they can throw at you as possible. We've seen it in the running back room as well. They use all of those backs. They use them all to their strengths, use them all in different ways. Uh, so adding another guy like Tony, another versatile piece in there. It's just now one more thing you have to worry about with the Chiefs offense. <laughs> the deep receiving room, the tight ends too. They use all three of those tight ends in all different ways. So they can throw so many different looks at you. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tony line up in the backfield as well. Um, you know, I think they're going to have a lot of fun. Andy Reid loves to get creative. I think they're going to have a lot of fun using Kadarius Tony. I agree. I agree. It'll be it'll be fun to see because, like you said, they do such a phenomenal job of utilizing guys' skill sets and playing to their strengths. And this is just another weapon that they have at their disposal to go out and attack defenses in a different way or create a mismatch. And this league, as you well know, it comes down to mismatches. And anytime you can do that. I mean, it works in your favor in the offense, and there's nobody that does it better than Andy Reid. Absolutely, and it's another huge matchup this weekend for the Chiefs, taking on the Titans, Sunday Night Football. The Titans have been rolling really quietly. We'll get into that matchup in a little bit, but first let's di start digging into some of the tape. Matt, with the Chiefs being off last Sunday, mm -hmm. we're right. going to hit a few of the best moments we've seen from this offense this season and kind of talk about what we want to see from the Chiefs in the second half of the season, where they, where we think they might need to grow a little bit, what they need to stick with, what we need to see more of going forward. So let's bring up our first play here. Uh, you guys, of course, will remember this one. Matt, walk us through what you saw on this play, what you liked about this one. Right. This one's a three by one formation and you've got your old school to Tampa look. Now, the only difference here is what you're going to see is this weak side safety at the bottom. He's going to be very conscious of the number three going vertically here. So you'll see him push up and then they're what they're going to do down low. That corner is going to lock McCall Hardman on that end cut down low. And so as, as he snaps the ball, he's got a decision to make because too high, you can really work to that end cut to create that high low with the back and see, see what happens there. Or you can work up top to this under and that corner route, as you'll see by number two up top. So as the play starts to go, you can see Patrick Mahomes eyes come to this end cut. Now he gets off it a little bit. I think that his vision's a little, a little disturbed right there by the defensive line, but, but now he comes out to the right hand side, he's looking, but the corner and that cloud corner starts to get depth and width. So he takes it away. And then Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes has eyes in the back of his head comes all the way back across the field to Juju who just stays alive on the route and finds him, gives the little defensive end a little something to stop his feet, delivers the ball to Juju, and basically Juju does the rest. He breaks three tackles, takes it to the house, and that's exactly what you want to see as a quarterback. I'll tell you what, anytime you can throw an under route at five yards and go for 40 and he breaks three tackles, you know, that, that's, that's always a positive on the stat sheet, but also you love seeing it. It's great. And I think this was a huge moment for this offense. Even though the Chiefs lost this game, this was a play, I think, you talked about the chemistry that Mahomes has developed with these receivers. I think this was the play where 
I think Juju gained a little confidence from this moment. And I think Mahomes gained some confidence in Juju as well. Seeing, as you said, uh, when you can throw, when you can throw a crosser like that, a short crossing route like that and have your guy break it for a touchdown, that just gives you such a boost of confidence in his ability uh, to go out there and make plays for you. And, and we saw it carry over the next week into that Niners game as well. So I think, you know, even in a loss to the Bills in a big game, there were still positives to take out of that. And I think we're going to see this connection between Mahomes and Juju really continue to grow and click going forward. Right. You bring a guy in like Juju and you expect him to make plays. And that's the biggest part is when you get the ball into your playmaker's hands, can they extend the play? Can they can they break a tackle and turn a five yard gain into a 45 yard touchdown pass? And that's that's confidence for everybody. It's not just confidence for Patrick Mahomes, but the entire offensive unit. When you know you can put the ball in some guy's hands like Juju Smith-Schuster and he step up, make a play and be a difference maker. Absolutely. And now let's move on to our second play here today. You guys will uh, you guys will definitely remember this from last week against the Niners. Huge moment in this game, huge play in this game as we're getting inching closer to halftime. And this is still very much a game at this point before the Chiefs really pulled away. Matt, what stood out to you here? Yeah, I just loved it because it's really, truly a progression read. Down down low, you're going to have a quick out and a corner route. So you're going to try to high-low that clouded corner. And this is what we call a mixed coverage, right? You've got a clouded corner down here, so it's playing more like two. But up top, because of the cut split, it turns more into like a quarters or or a cover four look up top. So that's how it's playing. So really, Patrick is starting left to right here. And as you see it start to progress, he's evaluating – what's going on down here at the bottom. So the corner originally stays tight to that quick out route. So he might have a throw here to Travis Kelsey on the corner that's going to get flattened out in front of that safety. But as you can see, the eyes of the corner are on Patrick and he can give depth pretty quickly. So you have to take that into consideration. But what does Patrick do? He looks at it, he evaluates it, doesn't feel very confident about that window right there because it's going to close quickly. So he moves on with his progression. And this is where you see MVS and his speed, right? We talk about people being able to blow the top off of coverage. Well, he threatens this safety right away, gets him turned around, comes in that window. And Patrick doesn't hesitate at all. I love it. He goes one, two, gets to the middle read here to MVS. And then the way in which he delivers this ball, he takes the arc out of it. The trajectory of the ball is outstanding because he doesn't give that safety time to come back and get involved in the play. So when he takes the air out of the ball, he's able to put it on the wide receiver to make sure that he secures the catch. It's just a great throw, great understanding for the offense and a really good job of going through his progression. And I really wanted to include this one because, you know, a lot of people, when you think about Mahomes at his best, you think about the freelancing, you think about all those those really memorable highlights that he gives us that are so crazy that no one else can do. But to me, we know he can do all those things. The thing that I want to see from him consistently and where he's truly at his best to me is where we see things like we saw here. Like you said, how quickly he gets through his progressions how decisive and confident he is getting to that next read to Valdez Scantling and then the ball placement just being absolutely perfect. That quick processing, the decisiveness, the stuff that's within the framework of the offense that sometimes, you know, he can get away from. He can start freelancing 
a little bit too much at times. And that's what, what's gotten this offense into some issues, especially when you go back to last year when the offense had a little bit of a lull. I think that was a concern. So I think it's, you know, making those plays within the framework of the offense. That's what I want to see carrying. He did it so well in this game against the Niners heading into the bye week. I really want to see that carry over to the second half of the season. Right. I mean, the more that you can work within the framework, if if it's there, right, and, and be diligent yeah. about your reads and go through, because the one thing that is so unique and special about him is he can do it in so many different ways. And those big plays, a lot of time will come with him extending a play outside the pocket and finding a secondary receiver, just like we saw on the first play just moments ago. But this is just something, a thing of beauty and what you expect out of a quarterback like him. And that's what makes him elite. The more that he can do this and the more that guys can, you can get through your progression, has a good pocket right there, stands confident in the pocket, goes through his progression, delivers the ball. I mean, those are the things that is going to make this offense so difficult to defend. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that is Liquid Death. Listen, you might be in a meeting you might be walking through High V Target and start to notice some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. No need to get anybody. It's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. Now, why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, it'll brutally murder your thirst. That is right. Not only are they trying to brutally murder your thirst, they're trying to brutally murder plastic pollution as well with their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans. They're bringing death to plastic pollution, and they also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to kill plastic pollution. Great cause. That's a win-win for me. Look at this. I mean, just look at this can right here. I've got one right with me. The Severed Lime. One of my favorite flavors that they have. Oh, it's so good. Can't wait to dive into this one. You can find a Liquid Death at your local Target, Walmart, or 7-Eleven. Or go to a Liquid Death retailer near you. Find one with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and this is what creates the sustainable offense, right? Like, we know mm-hmm. those big plays are going to come when he has to freelance, but these are the things you need to do consistently to sustain the offense at its it, at its at its greatest at its at its highest level and that's and this is what the Chiefs we saw in this game what the Chiefs offense is capable of when everything's really clicking mm-hmm. um and now for our last play um one of the best plays that we saw this year that Thursday night football game against the Chargers all the way back in week two Matt walk us through this one again 
Right. It's playing a lot like a, almost like a cover zero look, right? You've got two backers mugged up in your B and C gap up top. You've got three defensive linemen down low. So it's a four down front, but the, the, we used to refer to it as double mug, right? But the double mug usually happens in the A gaps. This one, they're just giving them a different look. However, it's a condensed formation. So they're definitely giving help to those defense. I mean, those offensive tackles because we've got Joey Bosa, we've got Khalil Mack. So they're paying attention to that because, you know, there's so many different ways in which you can kind of slow down those elite pass rushers. But in this, this formation, you're going to get chip help down at the bottom. And then the way in which Travis Kelsey releases right here, I love that because he comes in front of Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa doesn't know if he's going to crack him, if he's going to chip him, but all he's doing is impeding his path to the quarterback just to give him something else to think about, which slows down that rush. And then you've got mirrored routes on the outside with the out and ups. You got Travis going down and occupying two players in that sense because the safety right there looks like he's doubling Travis Kelsey. The offensive line and the running back do a tremendous job with their pickup in this, this situation. And then at the end of the day, you have Christian Watson goes and turns around J.C. Jackson on the out and up, and it's just an outstanding route. He steps on his toes, gets him turned around, and then – and then Patrick Mahomes does the rest. He steps up in the pocket of protection. He does a really good job with his pocket movement and pocket awareness and then delivers the strike. And this is, again, one of those throws that there's very few guys in the world that can make this throw. But the way in which he does it a little bit off balance, stepping up and delivering it with perfect accuracy down the field for a touchdown. It was a, an incredible play. One of my favorite of the season. Yeah, I think this might be my favorite play that we've seen from any team this entire season. When you talk about the creativity with the protection, that's not – I feel like we that's not something we really ever say. Like, a team got creative with their pass protection, but the Chiefs really did here with those inside releases from Kelsey and Juju, really helping those tackles with two elite pass rushers on either side. And then you see the depth of the Chiefs receiving core with Justin Watson stepping in to make this play. And then just Mahomes being Mahomes and being special. Um, yeah, and the, and the great job by McKinnon in there as well. It's just from top to bottom, all 11 guys just doing right. such an incredible job in this play. The coaching staff doing an incredible job drawing it up. I mean, it really is. It, it was a perfect play across the board, and that's why this one just always stuck out to me so much. And I think when we look back at this season and on, in the NFL overall, I think this is going to be a play that uh, – you know, at least to me, will be one of the plays that define the season. It's a highlight reel. There's no doubt. And like you said, I think you you hit it right on the head when you said it takes all 11 guys from a pass protection standpoint to the running back stepping up, taking on that one blitzing linebacker to the routes on the outside to everybody doing their job success successfully in unison. And then Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes and capping it off with a perfect throw down the field to Justin Watson, who I think I called Christian Watson before. So I apologize to him because he's definitely deserves to be called by his, his actual name. <laughs> And yeah, and it, and it really is. I think that's one of the things that's defined this Chiefs team this year compared to even last year. You know, so much was made of the Tyreek Hill loss in the offseason. But I think you've really seen this team come together and these guys just really doing their jobs. And everybody has a role to play. As we said in the open, all the different guys that rotate in personnel-wise in the receiving core with the tight ends, with the running backs. It just seems like everybody's embraced their role and is willing to do the dirty work when they have to 
and is ready to step up when their name is called and, and it's time to make a big play. So, you know, that's the mark. That's the mark of a great team, Matt. It is. It really is. And like you said, they're so multiple with their not only formations, but their personnel groups. And on any given day or on any given Sunday, there's different guys stepping up, making big plays. And you've seen it throughout the season. That's what's been exciting to watch this offensive unit and this team play this year is how everybody does define their own role by how they go out and each Sunday. It could be Justin Watson's day. It could be MVS's day. It could be Juju Smith-Schuster. It could be running one of the running backs. And that's what makes them so difficult to defend on a consistent basis because really going into a game, you don't know who the focal point is. Obviously, you have Travis Kelsey and you have these guys that you always have to be aware of. But any of these guys at any moment can get dialed up in a scheme play and be the guy that's primary. And that's the fun part to watch about this because you know you have to expect the unexpected. Absolutely. And that's what's going to make this team so tough the whole rest of the season. And even if they do get a little banged up, they have so many guys that can step in. Uh, but I want to shift our focus now to this weekend. Huge game against the Titans who, after a slow start, have clawed their way back to 5-2. and two. They get the win last week without Ryan Tannehill. Malik Willis making his first career start against the Texans. We didn't really see him have to do a whole lot. There's a right. lot of Derrick Henry, but the Titans get the win. We still don't know officially who's going to be in there uh, at quarterback again this weekend. There's thought Ryan Tannehill you know, might be back or they may give Willis another week. Um, how does that affect things for the Chiefs Uh if it's Willis at quarterback versus Tannehill this week. Well, I think it really does affect the passing game for the Tennessee Titans if Malik Willis is in there. And you saw it last week. He was 10 for six. And I know that they relied on Derrick Henry. He rushed for over 200 yards and had 32 rushes in this game. But Malik Willis is still raw, right? And he's still a guy that's developing in this league. It was his first start. And you hope that he continues to develop and get better with each and every start. But that's a big difference when you're talking about Ryan Tannehill, the experience that he has, the understanding and actual mastery of this offensive unit and what he's capable of in this past game and just overall his capacity to run this offense successfully, it, it would be a definitely a step backwards. However, Malik Willis is, is somewhat of a wild card because he can extend plays with his legs and also how much more zone read, boots, everything else that you might have to take into account when you're dealing with a guy that can run the ball in which Malik Willis can. So he adds a different element that's more dangerous at times, but at the same time overall when you're talking about experience, like I said, you're, you're hoping that Ryan Tannehill can – get in the game and be there on Sunday for this team because he makes it a better offense. I totally agree. And I think um, it was interesting with Malik Willis last week, as great of a coach as Brable is and as, as wonderful a job as he's done with this tight, these Titans teams over the years. I don't necessarily mm -hmm. love the way that he's handled Malik so far. Remember in the preseason when we saw some really nice flashes, some good plays from Malik as far as his freelancing ability Vrabel, we saw Vrabel pull him out and bench him a couple of times because he took off rather than make the throw he thought he should make. We saw him, you know, make some mistakes in a two-minute drill. And I just, I don't know. Those are teachable moments to me where I'd love to see him give Malik a chance to work those things out rather than threatening him with a benching, you know, at, at the first sign of trouble. And what we saw last weekend, I saw a lot of fear in Malik Willis that, you know, especially after the early interception, it looked like he was afraid to make throws. It looked right. like he was afraid to get outside the pocket. I remember there was a play, 
Uh, late in the first half, they still had a timeout left. It's a second and three. They're on the fringe of field goal range. He had a chance to scramble and take off for what could have been a ten, you know, 10, 15 yard right. gain. And who knows with him, he could have broken it. And, uh, instead he just launched the ball out of bounds. Um, right. you know, and I think that's where that type of stuff sets in. So what, what do you make of kind of how Vrabel's handled that whole situation? Yeah, I, I didn't like it either early in preseason because the reason you go out in preseason is to make those type of mistakes, to teach off the tape, to let a young guy go out, see what he has. You know, he's obviously got a skill set, and you saw flashes of that. And I know that you're talking about – we just talked about it just a moment ago with Patrick Mahomes is playing within the framework of the offense, getting him to become more comfortable. And that was something that they were diligent about. That was something that was stressed to him in preseason. But to pull him out of a game, what, what really that does is shakes the kid's confidence. And there's a reason why you drafted him in the first round. It was because of that skill set – or, excuse me, early in the draft. It was because of that skill set, right? It was because he can extend plays. It's because he can take off and become a runner in a dynamic runner at that. And so when you make somebody go in and you're so conscious in the back of your head about taking off and running because you, you want to do the right thing or throwing the ball away instead of letting your instincts take over, I think it takes away from the growth of a player. And I also think it takes away from a player's skill set that you might get more out of them if you let them learn on the job and make mistakes. Now, look, there's going to be there's going to be those moments that you're like, hey, you can't turn the ball over or you've got to be more protective of the football. And there's a guy wide open here. We want you to be better on your read. But those things, again, most of the time are hashed out in the film room, are hashed out on the practice field. Because when the preparation's done, the haze in the barn, you go out on Sunday, you got to be reactionary and you got to let your skill set take over. And if you're thinking about all those other elements of trying to be perfect, then it just works against you and you play a lot slower. Hey, sorry to interrupt again, but I've got to tell you about our sponsor, Trade Coffee. And going to a coffee shop is a great experience, but it's not something most of us can do every day. If you're looking for that delicious local coffee shop taste on a daily basis, it's so much easier to get that with Trade Coffee. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so easy for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. No fancy equipment needed. It's wonderful. Whether you know what you're doing and you already know what kind of coffee you like or you're looking and you need some help, Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees. They'll send you ground coffee or whole beans or however you make it your coffee at home. They will send it to you. It's absolutely perfect. It's a win-win in my book there. Here's how you got to do it. You're going to upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee and let them take the guesswork of finding your perfect cup. Right now, Trade is offering listeners a total of $30 off their subscription plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. Drinktrade.com slash KCSN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, there are definitely things that Malik Willis has to clean up. That's not, you know, the, there's a, he's, he's a project right now. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of areas in which he needs to develop. And, you right. know, I understand you don't want him to make mistakes because that was the only way you saw the Texans beating you is if you gave them chances and you made mistakes. 
But if he has to start this week, he's going to have to do a lot more than just go six for 10 for 50 yards to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They're not just going to be able to hand it to Derrick Henry the entire game and win that game. The Chiefs are too good, too good defensively, too explosive offensively to allow that to happen. So you have to let go of the reins a little bit and let him be him because I think that's the only chance you have to win this game is if he gives you some special moments. Right, and you, you just said it because they, they live and die with the run. We know they're a ground-and-pound team. They play great fundamental defense. They take on the personality of their coach, Mike Vrabel. They're gritty. They're scrappy, all those things. But at the end of the day, when you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, you have to come out and you have to score points. How do you do that? I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, I say the one, one area in which they've improved the most in from a defensive standpoint is against the run, right? And now that they're playing defense in which they're stopping the run, you can't rely on Derrick Henry and think that he's going to go out and it's going to be the Houston Texans game all over for 200 yards. Instead, you're going to have to at some point give the young guy Malik Willis the opportunity to go make plays with his arm, with his legs, and you're going to have to put points on the board, however that is. So you can't be scared that he's going to make a mistake. Instead, you got to be able to put the pedal to the metal and say, hey, look, kid, this might be your opportunity to go out and make some plays, and that's what you got to do in this game. Otherwise, they'll get blown out like they did in Buffalo. Definitely, definitely. And I think, um, you know, as far as the Chiefs' offense is concerned, uh, this Titans this Titans defense is very opportunistic. We've mm-hmm. seen it over over the last couple of weeks. They create a lot of turnovers, whether it's Kevin Bayard, uh, Christian Fulton. We've seen stepping up, making right. some big plays. So I think this is the type of game for the Chiefs too. The t- you got to be careful of the turnovers. I think we've we've seen over the years with the Chiefs. I I know it's true for most teams when you don't turn the ball over, you're probably going to win. But for the Chiefs, when they don't turn the ball over it's pretty much a hundred percent of the time they're going to win the game. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing this chiefs offense has to, has to account for. What else about this Titans defense? Do you think chiefs fans need to know? I mean, Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, and they also finally got Bud Dupree that's now playing again, and he's healthy back on the roster. So they've got a a formidable front. There's no doubt about it. They can get after the quarterback, and they give you a multitude of looks in the secondary. They're not a good team that's just going to line up, show you what they're going to do. They're going to disguise. They're going to show you different blitz packages. They have a complex third-down package as well. So they're going to challenge you at the quarterback position, make sure that you know what you're doing pre-snap and post-snap but you can't can't believe your lion eyes because what they're usually giving you pre-snap is not what it's going to be post-snap so you have to verify that after the ball snap the other part about this Kansas City offense is getting out to a fast start because I feel like when you look at the Tennessee Titans if they can get out to a fast start the Tennessee Titans are not a team that's really built to play from behind and so if you can get out to a fast start and put the pressure on that young quarterback to go out and, like we said, have to make plays and have to throw the ball. They're out of their comfort zone. And so that's a place that's probably a point of emphasis this week for Andy Reid and this offensive unit is to get off to a fast start and, as you said, take care of the football. Yeah, you mentioned it, not really being built to play from behind. That's why I'm a little surprised they didn't make a move um, to try to get a pass catcher at this trade deadline, you know, John Robinson, is, his nickname is Trader John. Like he, he, he's all about making, making moves. And, uh, you know, we saw Claypool, we saw a couple other receivers get moved. I was surprised that uh, they didn't try to do that. They really never, you know, they drafted Traylon Burks, who's, who's still right. developing. Um, but they, they never really replaced AJ Brown. Um, you know, they brought in Robert Woods as well. who has been, 
you know, who's, who's made some plays here and there, but I, I thought they might do something to bolster that receiving core. I thought I thought so too, and especially with Traylon Burks, who's had a, a history of injury since he's been there. You know, he's dealing with hamstring injuries, and he hasn't really been out there and been as impactful as they were hoping early on. And hopefully, he comes back and he's healthy and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, the the depth at the wide receiver position has been an issue for the Tennessee Titans, and so that's also why they've relied so heavily on that run game because they just don't have a tremendous amount of depth and they're not going to spread you out a lot of times. They're not going to be in 11 personnel. They're going to be in two back sets, 12 personnel and try to run the ball down your throat, wear you out, win the time of possession, play solid defense, get the turnovers. Like you said, opportunistic and stick around until that fourth quarter where finally they, they just continue to hammer you and, and f finish the game strong. Like we said, They've won a lot of close games this year, and it's because this unit is they're, – they're scrappy, and they'll fight to the end. But at the end of the day, um, you know, some more depth at that wide receiver position you definitely think would have helped them. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think we're both in agreement, Matt, that if Malik Willis is the one out there, that it's going to be really tough uh, for the Titans to pull this one out. So let's, let's operate under the assumption that Ryan Tannehill is going to play in this game – if he does, how do you see this one playing out? Give me your uh, your prediction, final score for this game. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I really do like the Tennessee Titans defense. I, I think that they're a solid unit and they're a top 10 defense in this league. So I think it's going to be – uh, it's not going to be a, just a complete blowout, but I do like the Kansas City Chiefs 30 and the Tennessee Titans will go with 20. Yeah, and I'm going to go uh, – I agree with you. We got a cat entering the shot here. Sorry yeah. about that, guys. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm with you. I think, uh, you know, and I think the Titans, as you said, I think they'll find some ways to slow down the game. But I think ultimately uh, the Chiefs offense is going to be a little bit too much. And I'm not sure the Titans have enough offensively to, to, to keep up. So I'm going to go Chiefs 27, Titans 13. Boom. I like it. And there you have it, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us for another episode of The Breakdown. We'll be back with you next week to make sense of all this and keep previewing the Chiefs schedule going forward and the matchups to come. So for Matt Castle, I'm Matt Hamilton, and we'll see you next week. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-Month Emergency Food Kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com